This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So I saw an interesting story recently that was on gurufocus.com that focuses on gurus, obviously, that basically outlines perfectly what's going on with the stock market and the sky-high returns of the growth stocks. The longer the growth stocks outperform, the longer those soaring PEs don't seem to matter. And the more likely us value investors are to want to throw in the towel and just go buy them. And I know many of you are in the same kind of predicament. So some of you may have heard of a man named Wally Wheats. He's a contrarian investor, also called a value investor, even though those aren't totally the same thing, but he is considered a value investor. And he's a portfolio manager at the Wheats Investment Management, which is in Omaha, Nebraska. And he runs a fund called the Partners 3 Opportunity Fund, and that invests in basically opportunities, as the name said, but these are their best bet on contrarian plays and opportunities that they're seeing in the market. That fund was started in 1983. It now has $634 million under management, and it has an expense ratio of 1.8% because it is actively managed by Mr. Wheats here. Berkshire Hathaway is its largest holding. That shouldn't be surprising given that he's in Omaha and he's this contrarian value type investor. But recently in the fourth quarter, he disclosed in a letter to his investors that for this fund, he had bought Amazon. Um, I thought this was interesting because what is a contrarian opportunity value investor type of manager doing buying Amazon, right? So the Partners 3 Opportunity Fund underperformed in 2017. It returned 5.5% for the year versus 21.8% for the S&P 500. One of the reasons it underperformed was that it had a big position. I think it's the fund's fifth largest position in Allergan. That's the ticker AGN. That stock was down big in 2017. So if it's one of your largest positions and it's down big, it's really hard for the others to make up the difference basically and still outperform. So obviously that's why we're getting the 5.5 and the 21.8. But it's interesting to see what he said in the letter about adding it. So he said about adding Amazon, our loan portfolio edition, Amazon.com, requires little introduction. Amazon has built an unassailable global competitive advantage in its core retail business, and we believe it will continue to gain worldwide retail, not just e-commerce, market share for many years to come. In addition, Amazon Web Services has also built a significant share in the large and rapidly growing infrastructure as a service market. We foresee Amazon's unique technical capabilities, global scale, and culture of customer obsession will allow the company to grow its business value for many years. Notice how he sticks in business value. He puts the value term in there. But when I saw this, I don't know, it's making me think, what is a contrarian investor doing buying Amazon? <laughs> Is this the only way he thinks that um, his fund can compete with these high growth stocks is to actually buy the growth stocks? And to me, the answer would be yes, because 
this isn't really an opportunity in Amazon. It's not like the shares have sold off in the fourth quarter, suddenly got cheaper. The market has turned against them. This is not a contrarian play by any stretch, as we all know what the story is there. If you're shorting it, that's one thing. And, you know, there are ways to do that even through ETFs now (laughs) is to short some of these fangs. But this is a long position and this is like in a, you know, value type of fund. So it made me think that this is the kind of dilemma that it comes up with all of us now, all of the value investors in this type of market. And that is, should you abandon growth stocks or value stocks for the growth? And is that really so bad if you do do that? So to me, there are two different types of scenarios at play. And one is the Wally White's scenario where the professional manager who has a mandate to be either a value investor, contrarian investor, or whatever it may be, and you're giving your money to that manager to buy certain types of stocks. You know, in our case, it would be value, not the growth. And buying growth stocks would be basically a betrayal of of that mandate. So that's a little bit different scenario on the professional side versus the mom and pop investor like you or I, who only answers to one person, and that's ourselves. So I've said in the past that I own some of the FANG stocks in my personal portfolio. I own Facebook, Alphabet, and Amazon. And I also own, obviously, plenty of value stocks. And um, I consider myself, obviously, a value investor, even though I have some of these growth stocks in my own portfolio. Now, in my value investor portfolio here at Zacks, there's no FANG in there and there's you know nothing trading at um, 40 or 50 times earnings. And we certainly don't buy our positions with PEs that high. Sometimes we hold them long enough where in this market with these conditions, they get a little more expensive and pricey in the portfolio after a couple of years. But initially, when we're adding positions, we're not buying, you know, things that pricey in there. So owning some pure growth stocks, I think, is okay for most investors. To me, it's kind of the diversification of a portfolio. So while I may have small, medium, and large cap stocks, and I may have some international stocks, that's similar to having both growth and value stocks in my collection, in my entire portfolio. So don't feel like you've turned your back on value fundamentals simply because you consider yourself to be a value investor and then you you want to own some of these fangs. But you, I do think you have to be smart about it because there's some fangs that are cheaper than others, some that have you know kind of interesting fundamentals right now even – And others that don't. And I think we know some of the others that don't. But um, I took a look at the FANG stocks to kind of see what was going on with um, most of the big names and even some other bigger growth stocks, too, that are kind of lumped in with the FANGs. And um, I thought I'd look at Facebook first. I don't know why I picked that one, but I did. And since they went IPO in 2012, I started looking at all of the PEs for the FANGs starting in 2012. So that was after the Great Recession, but stocks still struggling a bit and struggling on that earnings growth side six years ago. So it gives us a a good look at what the PEs are doing with some of these companies. So starting with Facebook, the ticker is FB, of course. 
Today, in 2018, its forward P is 28, which is, I've said before on other shows, basically the same as Boeing's PE right now. So, you know, this kind of intriguing to me that Facebook is trading similarly to other big factoring and industrial type of stocks right now. So I looked at Facebook's historic PE record And it suddenly is looking a little more interesting. So the year of its IPO, 2012, its forward PE was 198. So people were willing to spend a lot to get those earnings. And that was before the advertising really started to take off. And certainly before mobile um, on the phones started to take off. So 2013, PE was 72. 2014, 58. 2015, got a little more expensive, 64. 2016, cheaper again, 41. 2017, it traded at 31 times. And now here we are, 2018 at 28. So this is what I like to see as a value investor. If I'm going to buy those growth stocks, um, I want to see it actually getting more affordable. This is getting more interesting as that PE has dropped over almost every year since its IPO. Now, some would argue that's because the growth rate Um, Isn't that great? Investors aren't willing to pay a lot for their growth. And um, there's other ones that they like a lot more that they're willing to pay the higher PE multiple for. But uh, Facebook is intriguing here at these levels. So that's one. If you're a value investor, you might want to snoop around in and um, start to keep on a watch list possibly. Another one I looked at that's also kind of interesting is Alphabet, a.k.a. Google. G-O-O-G-L is the ticker there. And they have never traded, at least since 2012, at the nosebleed levels, as I like to call it. And that's, you know, the 70, 80, 100 times or more levels of P.E., um, it has never really quite gone into the value, but it's gotten close a couple times. And I know when I tell you what the P is where you might kick yourself for not getting in it a couple of years ago, but it's always kind of been steady, steady Eddie here. So in 2012, it traded with a PE of 17. That's pretty cheap. Think about that, 17 times. And then it, it started to move up a bit. Then it traded at 23. Then in 2014, it was at 26. By 2016, it was at 28, and then it's kind of stayed around 28 since then. 2017 was also 28, and now 2018. It's looking like the analysts wanted at 27. So um, this is another one that, you know, while that's not a value level, is certainly not the super sky-high nosebleed either. So it's another one you might want to keep on your list. Now, I took a look at NVIDIA because I know everybody is into NVIDIA. It's kind of one of the ends, even though Netflix is really the original fang end. But NVIDIA gets lumped in there now too, because conveniently it starts with an N as well. And this one goes the other way. So back in 2012, you could have gotten it at 16 times. Of course, that was six years ago before this whole AI and, um, you know, this big business push that they're getting caught up in. But 
you know, not as many people buying back then. So it was much more of a true value stock. And then slowly that piece has started to ramp up. So by 2016, it was trading at 31 times, still not super expensive, but last year, 2017, trading at 46 times. And then people are really willing to pay a lot more for the earnings now. 2018 is trading at 58 times. So again, this is like kind of the opposite of what we saw at Facebook. Facebook, Facebook's PE is slowly declining. NVIDIA's is going the other way. I did take a look at Amazon because, you know, that's what Mr. Reitz is buying. And I wanted to see if it follows the Facebook pattern or the NVIDIA pattern. And basically, as we all know, Amazon has never been cheap, as everyone talks about with them. It's always about the growth and never about if they're actually making any money. And going back to 2012, that's really before the AWS and obviously before acquisitions like Whole Foods and some of this other stuff started to impact. But in 2012, they were trading at 181 times. And by this year, by 2018, it hasn't changed that much. They're expected to trade... Um, or a forward PE of 170 times. So nothing cheap about Amazon. As I said, I do own it because I read that book, The Everything Store, a couple of years ago when that came out. I do recommend that book. And I felt like, yes, they want to be in everything. And I wanted to buy the vision of Jeff Bezos, even as a value investor. So a couple of years ago, I did buy some shares. But you have to know you are getting a pure growth play. And I'm sure Mr. Reitz knows that when he's adding it to his portfolio. So that's something to keep in mind. But one of the FANG-like stocks that could be an actual value is Apple. Obviously, Warren Buffett bought into Apple not too long ago. A lot of people said better late than never, right? But it has been a value stock, at least by PE metrics, for many years. In 2012, it traded at just 12 times. So that's dirt cheap. It was 11 times in 2013. Last year in 2017, it traded 16 times. So it has gotten a little more expensive here as the shares have rallied. And then 2018 is still expected at 15 times. So this is a a classic value PE level and you get the dividend, obviously the huge cash generation um, they're doing there. So if you are interested in one of these FANG-like stocks on the tech side and you want the classic value, Apple's still out there. Its ticker is AAPL. So you don't have to compromise any of your value principles to get that one. But, you know, just looking at these PEs, I think, as I said earlier, you want to get something that you're comfortable with. (laughs) That's what I would recommend. And you might want to wait for a bigger pullback in the overall market. Of course, we haven't seen that in quite some time, but they will happen because they always do. And then you'll get some of these cheaper somewhere where you might feel more comfortable. Um, Of course, if you're going to buy the growth, know what you're buying. You're going to pay a higher price for those earnings. So that might go against some of what you believe, obviously, as a value investor. And remember that growth may be hot, but there are a lot of other smaller caps outside of the fangs that have a growth or a value metrics with the growth. I've covered them many times and I will continue to cover them as we move forward. Some of these larger 
um, professional managers like Mr. Reitz can't really get into the small cap values, but we can. We have an advantage over the professionals because um, we have less money to spend usually, and we have more opportunities to buy into those smaller companies. And that's where you can find some real deep value. So I should take a look at those um, as we go through earnings season because those are out there. So I always get kind of a little bit uh, feisty when I hear these big value managers buying the growth stocks, like throwing down you know, the towel and just saying, fine, I'm, I'm getting in them. Um, and... I get it. I get why. Um, but there's still plenty of other values out there, even in the mid caps and these smalls, as I mentioned. So be sure to check those out as well. If you are still looking for value with um, the growth component, but um, these growth stocks are still on the run. And um, as I said, I'm going to recap the ones we talked about. Facebook, obviously, FB, that's the one that has the declining PE um, that you might want to take a look at. Alphabet, G-O-O-G-L, NVIDIA, the P is going the other way. Um, it's rising, N-V-D-A, and then obviously Amazon, A-M-Z-N, and Apple, A-A-P-L. And I know I'm not giving you any tickers you haven't heard a gazillion times uh, which is kind of unusual for the Value Investor podcast, but um, hopefully that gives you something to think about if you are value and you want to be into some of these growth stocks. Don't think that you don't you have to be on the sidelines. Um, I do think diversity is good in a portfolio. So be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud so you can get all of our Value Investor podcasts because I will be bringing you those small cap value stocks that you've never heard of um, coming up in the next couple of weeks. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of it. And I'll see you then. 